Sports Fix. Good afternoon, people. Welcome to the weekend. It's time for your Sports Fix with me, Ben Cullen. The Heineken Champions Cup is one of the most prestigious rugby trophies on earth. Exeter Chiefs have been heavy contenders in the campaign for some time, and they started this year's run very well with a 27-12 win over Castro. The visitors took a well-deserved lead when Sam Simmons crossed out wide before debuters added a second try. Chiefs were pegged back by four penalties to end the first half level, but Jack Maunder scored the third try just after the break. Exeter had suffered four defeats in their last five premiership fixtures, but there were no signs of any hesitancy as they inflicted a first home defeat for Castro in 11 months. Quarterback Baker Mayfield led the LA Rams to a late comeback with a win against the Las Vegas Raiders, just two days after joining the team. Mayfield joined the Carolina Panthers in July, but they agreed to release the former number one draft pick on the Monday. The following day, he was signed by the Rams, and a few days later, he led two late touchdown drives as last season's Super Bowl winners snatched a 17-16 win. It has been a wild 48 hours, said Mayfield. What just happened? He added, it sucked having to leave the Panthers, but when it works out like this, it's for the best. Paddy Pimblett earned his third win inside a year as he beat Jared Gordon via unanimous decision at UFC 282 in Las Vegas. Paddy the Baddy was the busiest striker as he edged out the judges' scorecards in a close, lightweight co-main event. The win follows victories at UFC London in March and July, capping off a fine year for the popular Liverpudlian. Pimblett's performances inside the octagon, coupled with his vibrant personality, have seen him grow into one of the UFC's biggest stars. Although it was a unanimous decision, all three rounds were closely fought, with many believing Gordon was robbed. We now welcome back Luke Trahan to the show. What did you love most about that first experience, then, your, your debut? How did the game go for you, and what do you remember from it? Uh, I, I, I literally remember it like it was yesterday. I just I loved everything from you had to get up early, get on a bus, meet a load of new lads that you probably hadn't met before, so you made like 12 new friends as soon as you got on the bus. Um, the way Sevens actually played really um, suits how I liked playing. There's real emphasis on running skills and then fitness and that kind of toughness to try and do it like four or five games in a day. Like yeah. I absolutely loved that. I was like, this is me to a T, how I want to play rugby, how I... Um, yeah, I just loved it from the off there. Um, and then you tied that into one side, played in that tournament. Then they were like, oh, if you play in this one, then we're going to Kenya in two months if you want to come to that one. And I was like, oh, wow, you can travel with sevens and rugby as well. Um, so that was the massive bit to me. Uh, I kind of felt that was my identity within rugby, how, how I like to play. Uh, just meeting a load of people, having life experiences, and then just getting to travel with it. Those were kind of the three things I learned pretty much straight away. And I was like, right, that's me hooked, I'm done, I'm in. And just ticked all the boxes. Yeah. How long did it take then for you to perhaps become a leader within the team? And then also you went on to become captain. Yeah, um, so I was actually... Uh, so in terms of the leadership stuff, I think coming up through all the different age groups, I was always someone who was happy to talk or say something like, you know, how shy like boys are when they're like 14, 15. I think I was shy maybe in social situations, but when it came to rugby, something I really enjoyed doing, I was happy to step up and talk. 
So from younger age groups, I'd always either be like the captain or the vice captain um, at those younger age groups. And I think that then just carried on in terms of um, I liked helping other players and it, whether it was just like chatting to them post game, before game, getting people G'd up. I just have always really liked that. Um, and then I had the opportunity to captain Wales in the European series. That went quite well. And then literally by the time I got my first contract and played my first men's tournament, I was right up there in contention to be captain again. Um, at like, yeah, just over 20 years old. So, wow. um, and yeah, it's, it's not something that I, I think you necessarily like go out to go and get. But if you are someone who's happy to, um, talk and help others out, I think that's a great position to find yourself in and gives you the um, ability to do that more for the whole team. Yeah. What would be perhaps one of the best moments or, or a couple of the best moments across your career, whether it be being in a place or, or you particularly doing something or, or winning maybe? Um, so I think my very first cap, uh, full men's cap was incredible. It was in the Commonwealth Games uh, in Glasgow. Uh, Ibrox Stadium, uh, if you follow foot, football, was absolutely jam-packed. Uh, and that first time you got to run out in front of around 60,000 people or whatever it was, as soon as you hear that crowd, like if you've ever thought you were like up for a rugby match before, like this is just it on another like level times 10. Um, and I think once you get that initial hit, that is honestly one of the most amazing things. And um, like you'll never forget that. Um, and then there's also times, particularly in sevens, there's definitely like the top like three or four countries who always seem to be near the top or winning. And um, if you do get to beat those countries, it's often that like everyone's had like a great game as a team, uh, particularly when it was with Wales. So the first time, say, you'd be in South Africa or Fiji, um, those are really special times as well. And, and you get to celebrate them with your team afterwards and, and you're always in somewhere incredible. So we were in Sydney. Um, we were like down at Bondi straight after the B in Fiji and um, I can't remember what stage of the tournament it was but B Fiji there and then later that evening you're down in Bondi watching the sunset having a few beers so um, yeah it, it, it is an incredible uh, lifestyle and then when you get to call it your job you're like this is amazing yeah class it would be rude not to talk about the Hong Kong Sevens yeah how many times did you play there? So I think I played six Six, maybe seven times. But I think it was six. Uh, Did you have a, a favourite one from a results point of view? Yeah. The, uh, so I think it was uh, 2016 and we got to play New Zealand in the cup quarter final. And it was the year where there was some like absolutely torrential rain. Um, Scotland played it before us. I think it was horrendous there, but we got to warm up in front of the south stand and literally you couldn't see probably like five, ten meters ahead of you, but you could just hear this absolute like crazy amount of noise behind you. Um, and because we were one of the only teams coming to train up, uh, warm up in that dead ball area, the crowd just really got behind us. Uh, it carried on raising like, like I've never seen rain like it again. Um, and we only lost in the last play of the game to New Zealand, so pushed them right to the end. Um, and even though we lost that game, that's still one of like my most favourite rugby memories, all the way from the warm up, the tunnel, playing, almost winning, um, and just yeah, having the rate. It just like everything, just like epic, is what like how I would describe that. And, um, that always sticks in my mind quite fondly of the Hong Kong Seven. Plus, and then this year you got to enjoy 
being in the South End. Yeah, got to go to the South End. So we do, so after a few of the tournaments we have popped in there, but you're only in there for like an hour or so, and it was pretty crazy then. But doing the whole get get to um, the area around the stadium for what, like seven in the morning before like queuing up, everyone in fancy dress, and then going in, and then you're there all day, and it is a long shift in the stand. It is a long shift. Um, but I absolutely loved it. It was a great way. Uh, I'd only moved to Hong Kong uh, two weeks before um, that happened, so it was a great way for me just to continue to meet everyone who's involved in Valley and their friends and partners and things like that. So, it was an amazing social side and then uh, tied in with just turning around every now and again to watch a bit of rugby. Very good, very good. All right, so we do like to give advice to the younger audience. You've done a lot. You've been, you know, you've, you've been to as, as high as you can from a sevens point of view coming from where we're from. So well done on all of that. What were some of the things that you think you did well to get there? Um, so the two things I think I always stayed with was when I was in the academy uh, fairly young uh, one of the coaches there told me the saying you, you've never failed until you quit because they were starting to question like my size and like how big I'd be and whether I'd have a future in 15s or not um, and that was something then that just stuck with me or that that was my mindset all the way through just not with rugby but with everything else then as long as you are keep trying to move forward with it whether it's small steps big steps and that will vary as time goes on as long as your mind step, mindset is that you just constantly go in and you, you're not you're not going to stop regardless of what it is I think that was a big thing for me um, and then tied in with that I think at an early age I realized how important consistency with things were and that small work volume day to day once you chuck that into a week into a month into six months you realize that that adds up to something massive which you could never knock off unless you were doing little bits every day and I think that was a huge thing for me with the consistency and training for rugby but also with like school work to then go on to do medicine and things as well um, and just yeah little and often and consistency doesn't matter what it is will always open more doors and get you to where you want to go um, and yeah little and often but consistency is key please forgive me that is a really important point that I sort of have, have brushed over is the fact that you are a doctor at the moment yeah so I qualified through med school haven't actually technically worked there as a doctor yet because I I managed sevens and med school at the same time and that was a lot of work um, and that probably comes back to the consistency point like I'd never been able to do it unless you were doing a little bit of work and a little bit of training every single day uh, because one would one would have fallen off uh, if put more effort into the other one and vice versa um, but yeah it's definitely something I might go back to uh, in the future good man Luke thank you for joining us today mate thank you for sharing your story what a, an epic storybook you must have in your head or, or even in, in images and videos as well so well done mate keep crushing it here in Hong Kong and uh, we'll get you back on again in the future cheers thanks so much Vinny good lad Hong Kong are you ready this is the hottest ticket in the world right now there is only one ticket in the world that anyone cares about this weekend despite the drama and the controversy it is the football world cup final is Messi going to cap off an incredible career and be etched in history forever? That is my hottest ticket in the world this week. Have a great weekend all, and I'll see you for your sports fix next week.